Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Riccia, and this is episode number 243 of the podcast. It's the 15th of September, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a wonderful conversation with Sarah Peshek. Sarah is an unschooling mom of three, and she shares the details of her journey and her parenting shift from control to connection. Her insights and experiences are so helpful in really pulling out why this lifestyle is so amazing. How unschooling encourages us to recenter around the person and parent we want to be with deep, meaningful connections with our children and a deeper understanding of ourselves. As a personal update, this week has pretty much flown by. You know, those times when the river's flowing fast and you're just bobbing from one thing to the next to the next. Over the years, I've learned to go with the flow, reminding myself that things will naturally slow down at some point. Uh, mostly, I can be curious about how and when that will unfold rather than trying to force it. Being aware of what's up and how I'm feeling helps, as does reminding myself that everything is a choice and these are things that I'm choosing, even if they seem to have squished themselves into this shorter time frame right now. <laughs> and I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to returning patron, Aparajita Kumar. Hi, Aparajita. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the growing podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring and schooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Sarah. Welcome, Pam Larikia from livingjoyfully.ca. And today I'm here with Sarah Peshek. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Pam. Sarah is an unschooling mom of three kids, and I'm really excited to learn more about her experiences so far. So to get us started, Sarah, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what everybody's interested in right now? Sure. Thanks. Um, let's see here. So my children are um, 11, 8, and 2 right now. My oldest is Rosa. And um, she, she, she's coming up on 12 here in August, so pretty Ooh. close, but not quite yet. Um, <laughs> and she is, um, she's very much into a lot of her um, gaming right now. Well, she, for years, um, but right now she's into Sims and um, Animal Crossing. And so those are keeping her really, really busy. And she's, um, she uses Discord all the time to stay in touch with friends and so she is like, she's great. She's, um, she's just doing her thing. And, um, and then Evelyn is my middle child. She's eight. And, um, she, she's, she, 
she loves Roblox. That's one of her favorite games right now. And she, she's also, she's loving the summer because she's really into biking and she's learning how to sort of bike by herself in our neighborhood a little bit, which she really is enjoying. And, um, she loves in the summer catching bugs and, you know, sort of being out and catching all sorts of creatures and things. So she really enjoys, um, this time of year, as long as it's not too, too hot. Um, <laughs> so um, that's kind of her. And then my little guy, Marcus, um, is two. And he is, um, he's, he's really having sort of that word explosion right now, um, where he is just, like, every day there's a few new things he's never said before. And it's, so it's such a treat. Um, he's into cars. Cars are his favorite toys and so he plays with cars all day and he's just starting to tell us all about it and so it's um it's really fun he's a very active little guy and so he's also enjoying you know the nice weather here in Ohio and um so yeah that's kind of and then uh as far as my husband and I I've been doing a lot of sewing and crochet lately so I've kind of been into that type of thing and my husband he's into me my husband Chris um he's He's a music guy. A lot of the live opportunities aren't there right now. Mm -hmm. um, so he's been exploring different ways to kind of connect with that community um, virtually, which is interesting. And um, he's also building a treehouse with the girls. Um, that's kind of the summer project. So um, it's just starting. They've just put the big bolts in the tree and they're cutting wood. And so that's sort of I'm mostly just the photographer and cheering them on, but um, it's so going to be so cool. So that's um, sort of the big family thing for this summer that's going on. So into the fall, it looks like it's, you know, it's not going to be a quick project, but <laughs> here we are. There you have it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. I can connect so much to, to so much of that. I mean, we're still having a lot of fun with Animal Crossing <laughs> and <laughs> We found like building, building your island and, you know, being able to, that was something new for Animal Crossing, being able to do all the land. Right, 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 right. So. Oh my gosh. Rose's Island. It's great. She, she let me have a little house. Um, so I don't have my own account. We just have the one switch, but I've got my own little house in her thing. And so she showed me how to do some of the things, but um, I can handle, that one's not too, um, too uh, hard for me to navigate so I can handle Animal Crossing if she's helping me. <laughs> so yeah, fun. Exactly. It's a fun one. It's yeah. so. <laughs> that, that's right. I can appreciate the more difficult ones, but Animal Crossing, I can dive. Yeah. I can fish. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I can shake fruit trees with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> and the treehouse too we've been talking about that as well that's something you know that's been on the back burner for years like we've talked about but we haven't mm -hmm. stepped forward so yeah we yeah you know seriously. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. we we kind of were on the fence but I, I just told my husband you know of all the years let's just do it like we're home a lot and you know we're not doing a lot of other things that we might normally be doing and so let's just try it and you know, he's, he's a, so then once he got into it, now he's super into it and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty awesome. I think so. It's exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's one thing that's so fun, right? Is that ideas come pass through. Sometimes they bubble up and down and up and down over and over. And it, what's just really curious and fun is seeing when one 
um, catches a spark and somebody, you know, kind of grabs the ball and takes it further. Like whether, and so there's no like expectation or upset that, gee, we were talking about this and nobody did it. Uh huh. Sure. Because if somebody's like upset, then they're they're more of an advocate for the idea, right? They will be the one sure. that's an advocate. But if nobody kind of picks it up and starts running with it, we're running with other things at the time. But yeah, right. you right. just come with an environment where this one bubbles up to the surface and says, you know, now right. seems to be a really good time for it. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, I don't think he probably wouldn't have done the project if I wasn't kind of, yeah, putting that kind of fanning it. But at the same time, I probably wouldn't, I would have just thought about it and not ever really done it. So it was really good sort of teamwork that we are able to kind of now have this thing that's happening and we both have our own little pieces of it. So exactly, exactly. That's awesome. (laughs) So I would love to know how you discovered unschooling and chose to follow that path. Sure. So, um, my daughter went, my oldest daughter, Rosa went to kindergarten and first grade and, um, I used to be a, I'm a former school teacher. So the year that she was in first grade, I was working at a different school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in the spring, I was really trying to figure out what I was going to do with her for the next year. Because um, if I stayed at the school where I was teaching, it was a private school and she could come there and be there. Or she could stay at the public school where she'd gone to kindergarten and first grade. And I spent, I don't know, a month going back and forth. And I would decide one thing. And then something would happen and I'd be like, I can't do that thing. Yeah. I can't bring her here to this place that I'm working. You know, I just, that's just not going to work. And then like she's going to stay at her school and then something would happen there. And I'd say, Oh, I just don't think she can stay there, you know, and I, back and forth and back and forth. And, um, and then there was this day where at, at work, my work, I had a, a mom emailing me about her son and he wasn't getting the grades that she expected him to get. And it, kind of hit me that I didn't have an, any answer I could give her that I felt good about, about why that was, because he was a super smart kid, super fun. And it just, I don't know, it was almost just this moment where I was like, I am taking part in doing all these things that I don't feel right, that aren't, you know, and, and a lot of teachers are doing a lot of great things, but I'm doing, expecting these kids to do things that aren't in their best interests. And I'm just having to, because of the system, I'm having to do things that I just don't think are right. And I don't think I can keep doing that. And um, I came home and my daughter said to me, she got home from first grade and she said some kid had made fun of her Tinkerbell shoes and told her she was a baby for liking Tinkerbell. And she's six years old. And I was just like, it was all on the same day. And I was just like, you know what? What if we do so, you know, what if we do something totally different? What if we homeschool? And it was like, as soon as I had that thought, all of the stress I'd been having and going back and forth just like disappeared. It was just like, yes, that is the thing to do. That is what's going to work. And let's try, let's just try it. My husband said, sure. And so, um, that was kind of, it was, it was a very distinctive day when I decided to bring her home. Um, we finished out that school year, um, because, you know, I was under contract and all of that, but, but I knew that, that in the fall it was not, we, she wasn't going to go back. Um, and then we started with a school, you know, a very schooly at home approach. And because I was a teacher, so that was, you know, we were kind of going to do the thing, you know, do all the things and it was going to be great. And 
it did not take me long to see that it was not, that was also not going to work. <laughs> um, that it, that, I mean, I tried and tried and tried tweaking things sort of all fall. Um, and it was just not, <laughs> it was not clicking and I could see it. You know, I had my kids right in front of me and I could see that the time that I was spending trying to get them to do my ideas of lessons, the things that I thought were important, it, it was not, that, that, that goal that I brought into what will let keep her home where learning can really happen was not happening. She was, she was trying to do as little as she could to kind of get by and please me. And I was just sort of less like what, you know, I was sort of lost for a while, you know, and I just, kept, I just kept plugging away and just kept plugging away. And, um, I, I sort of, because of then some, some stressors that were coming into our, relationship, I started sort of reading a little bit more about a peaceful parenting approach and this idea of sort of being a partner, a, a coach and not, not being sort of coercive with the kids. And, and it all sort of, it all kind of went together there to kind of help me develop then all sort of at once. But I, but the, um, the idea of, of the learning kind of it just was looking at what was happening and seeing that it wasn't, that it wasn't clicking and, um, and seeing the contrast in when she was doing what really was bringing her joy and lighting her up. And I could see that that's where the learning was. And so, you know, it, it was really just following her that led me to see, okay, I think this unschooling idea that seems really crazy at first, there's really something there and I need to dig a little deeper to find out what that is. Oh, Oh, I love that. I love that. It's, it's right from the beginning, right? Where I, I love that back and forth, right? When, you know, you were teaching one school, she mm-hmm. was in another, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and that it was just boomeranging back and forth. And you could see neither one of them was jumping out as mm-hmm. the right thing, like didn't, didn't mm-hmm. grab your heart, you know? Right. Exactly. And, until home and then homeschooling, it's like, okay, like, let's let Let's total blow this all up. Like, what's bigger? Exactly. Right? Right. right. <laughs> exactly. You realize, exactly. And then, like, you're choosing, like, just different lenses of, this, of the same mm-hmm. thing. And then that moment where your mind just opens up to more possibilities and you latch right. on to that, that is, that is so interesting. Right. Yes. Yeah, so it was interesting. Cool. It was interesting. It was, yeah, it was much the same as I then. It, it was all just kind of watching her. And so, yeah, it really she really kind of led the way by just doing, you know, just sort of living her life kind of helped me see right yeah. where that, that wonderful stuff was going to be. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because then you're not, when you're out of the classroom, right. And now you're, so now you're at home and you're mm-hmm. doing what you know, with, uh, the, mm-hmm. the teaching, right. And, and the stuff mm-hmm. that you want them to learn and everything, but now you're actually, with one person you're with your child right right? who you care about and love and everything and now you're seeing what this really looks like in action with one with one child so fascinating right well right all those pieces the classroom management pieces and all of the things that teachers have to kind of do to keep rolling none of that was there and so right so then I'm just left with with the learning like just my kid and the learning and where is that happening and um, 
So yeah, yeah that's so interesting. interesting. <laughs> it is really interesting too. And I mean, I, I feel that feels very familiar to me too, because that, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't a teacher, but once my kids were home from mm-hmm. school, you know, that's what I, you know, I did many, many years of school. So to me, sure. that's what learning was, right? So right. even though I was, right. you know, going at it much more easygoing, I still had workbooks and I was still trying right. to coax right. them to come to a little bit of work. And it's funny what I had seen in my son doing the minimal amount of work, knowing that <laughs> it, could, it could be so much better. His grades could be so much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew the person, the, the child he was at home, you know, yet mm-hmm. when it ca- came to having to perform for somebody else, it was not important to him and he would right. be as right. minimal as possible, right? So when right. you see right. that juxtaposition that you see so much learning happening mm-hmm. when they're doing their things and then you try to coax mm-hmm. them and, and they're just mm-hmm. doing minimal amounts to <laughs> try and keep us happy. Right. It's right. amazing right. those two things. And it was, yeah. yeah, it was really interesting because in school, she was a very good student. She would, you know, she was always trying to make the teacher happy. And, uh, you know, so the sh- that, that, so that sort of was like, took yeah. me some, I can kind of look closely at that. Well, what is, why was it that there she was, you know, she would kind of gladly just do whatever they said. And here at home, she's, she's dragging her feet, you know, and so, I think that, you know, I don't know for sure, but I think a lot of the difference was just that relationship piece and, you know, the fact that I'm mom and I'm not supposed to be for, you know, and, and there it was a totally different paradigm of expectations. And, and here she was trying to kind of blend that with our home relationship and seeing these, like these things that just didn't add up and it, it wasn't consistent. And so, you know, that was, that was very, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you think of it that way, too, like she is performing to meet the expectations of the teacher in the school system. And at home, she could be herself and, and have her exactly. own. And, and exactly. And exactly. And so how do I want to? Yes. How do I want to respond to that? Do I want to respond to that by continuing to fight her and, and have it be my way? Or do I want to lean into who she is and who she wants to be? So Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So let's shift that just a little bit because your daughters were seven and four um, when you're making this shift. And like you said, when you started looking, you actually started looking at the parenting piece, right? Because you were looking at what was happening to your relationship with her when you were trying to do more school at home, right? So I'd Mm -hmm. be curious what that transition looked like when you were shifting away from that more conventional parenting to the supportive partnership kind of parenting. And how did you get that started? What did it look like? Um, it was tricky um, very much, but um, I actually, I, I found a, a journal that I had written and I'm going to read a little bit to you here because I, I was thinking about um, kind of talking to you today and I, I was thinking, how did I start? Gosh, you know, I remember making this change, but how did I really dig into that? And, and so I'll just read this little piece to you and then chat a little bit about it because um, I thought this was kind of interesting. I wrote, so this is December 31st, 2015. Uh, today is the first day I am trying to be a fully attentive slash peaceful slash trustful parent. Uh, Chris and I talked last night about how we want to start building strong relationships with our children that are not based on our power over them. We talked about how it is impossible to truly control another person. So we are damaging our family dynamic by trying. 
So this morning, my answer is yes to them. I got them out the door without bossing anyone around, yelling or threatening. My first control challenge came as we were heading out the door. Evelyn wanted to wear two different shoes. One had a little heel and one didn't. I knew it would not be comfortable for her, but she insisted it was. So I just stated that I wasn't sure how comfy it would be and let her go with it. Then when we went to Kmart, Rosa grabbed her new favorite Shopkins to take in. My alarm bells went off. It's too small. You might lose it. I said, are you sure you'd like to take those small special items in with you? Yes, mom. Okay. Of course, she lost them. And then I turned the van around to go back in and look once we realized. I know that I cannot always accommodate her in that way, but I had nothing more important to do that day than to keep her as my partner instead of my enemy. We looked our hardest and couldn't find them, but we left our number with the clerk. So then I go on and kind of talk about the other parts of our day. Um, but I thought it was—I thought it was interesting that I had written this this thing about sort of my very first day, where I thought, okay, I'm going to try to just stop <laughs> and um, just stop having it all be my way. And um, looking back on it now, I thought um, actually thought it was really interesting how I um, I started by saying yes, and I was trying to move toward you know helping them kind of do what they want to do. Um, but I can see now five years later um, that there was sort of a piece missing, I think, um, which was kind of helping them along. And so I think the process for me took some time. Uh, there was sort of first I had to make this philosophical shift where I um, realized what I really wanted was to not be fighting them all the time. Um, and then I had to stop fighting with them and forcing them. And then I kind of needed some experience and time to sort of learn how to fill that in with, with active support. Um, so, you know, looking back now, I think, well, you, you know, sure. She's going to wear these uncomfortable shoes. I just grab another pair of shoes and, and it's no big deal. But at the time, to me, it seemed like such a huge deal to let her walk out the door with shoes that I didn't think were comfortable because the day before I probably would have said, no, you're not going to wear those. I know it's not going to work. And she would have gotten upset and we would have had, a, you know, an argument and I would have, we couldn't have gone until she did what I wanted. And it would have been this whole thing. So not controlling it was a good step and a good piece. Um, but I thought it was so interesting how then now I look back and say, well, yeah, but then, she, she needed somebody to just grab the comfortable pair of shoes. It doesn't have to be a whole thing. <laughs> you know, just grab the shoes and take them with you. And then you're active. I'm actively supporting her as opposed to just not controlling. And so it was kind of, I think the process was similar to that throughout sort of that whole first year or two where um, it took me time because I was really worried about so many things with them, you know, and I was right about a lot of things, you know, like my adult brain says, okay, you're going to take these tiny little toys into the store. So that's probably not going to go well, but I just kind of, you know, it's, didn't know what to do. So I just let her do it. And, um, and, um, oh, I don't, I don't know that I can hear you right now, Pam. Can you try to talk? Uh Hello. Oh, there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, so, so you know, again with maybe the Shopkins now, I would be okay. Well, let's maybe let's use this special little bag so you can take them in and they won't be so hard to use. Or what if they go in my my thing here that I'm carrying so we can make sure they don't lose them. Um, and so I see these very specific examples that I had on day one. 
how, um, you know, how I, I didn't, I didn't fight them anymore, which was great, but I also wasn't developed enough yet in my own sort of approach to really realize how I could make it easier on all of us. So um, it was definitely a learning process, but that's how I started. I started by just stopping having it all have to be my way. And Mm -hmm. that was hard for me um, because I thought I had a lot of really good ideas and I probably did, but um, I I wrote this other thing. I think the next day, something along the lines of, um, I feel like they're wasting their time, but it is their time, not mine. Um, You know, and so that sort of realization I had to come to that their own journey, you know, that I was trying to get all my wisdom that I had into their brains, both with academic things, but also just life experience. And I wanted to just force it all in. And and that's not how it works. And that's not how I wanted it to work, you know? And so, um, so, you know, that, that was sort of my, my process. And so it was, it was, there were challenges at first in, in the fact that I was just trying, I knew that what I was doing wasn't quite right. Like I knew that I had to, didn't have to, wanted to um, stop fighting them and stop being their enemy. And I could sense that that's the direction I needed to go. But because I had never done it, you know, it wasn't as easy as just stopping and then everything was magically gl- glorious and perfect. You know, it took, it took experience of me seeing, you know, okay, well, what, okay, I'm going to let them do what they want, but what can I do to make it easier? What can I do to, how can I kind of be a good captain of the team here and kind of um, keep things smooth, you know, and that became sort of the goal to some extent. And, 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 but, but it was, it was, it was a long sort of couple years there of, of learning how to not only know philosophically what I wanted to be doing, but to actually practically be doing it. And, And to some extent, once I had the, goal piece in mind, then it was almost just logistical things that I started to then get better at. And that helps make everything smoother. And then, you know, the less and less than that I'm trying to control, the more that they could come to trust me, you know, trust me that if I say, you know, Hey, I don't know if that's a great idea. I'm probably coming from a place of trying to help. And so, you know, so that you know, our relationship has healed a lot in the past four to five years in that, you know, they didn't trust me because I wasn't being very trustworthy before sometimes, you know, because I was so focused on making things be the way I wanted them to be. And with their best interests in, in the back of my mind, but the methodology was just not supportive. And so they didn't, they, they sensed that and they didn't, they didn't trust that I was on their corner, in their corner. Cause I hadn't proven that yet. And so once I took time and, you know, um, you know, and, and now it's so nice because now when we're talking about, you know, making decisions, you know, Rose is almost 12 and she loves to talk to me about decisions. And she says, you know, she's even said to me, I I do, I trust you mom to tell, to really tell me what you think is going to work. And I'm going to really, I really care about what you think. And, And that's a huge change, you know, from now she's granted, she's matured several years too, but I know that a lot of it is also because I, stopped trying to to yeah to be you know the boss all the time so you've become trustworthy okay I want to thank you so much for looking up that that journal entry that is spectacular (laughs) I really I (laughs) 
it shows it so beautifully because I mean, that's what I, I, we've seen over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. When you want to make that change, you, you stop doing the thing you don't want to do. And, and what mm-hmm. jumped out at me when, because if you argue over the shoes, like this is the whole power paradigm thing. It becomes about the relationship and who's going to win. It's not about the shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The shift mm-hmm. is in making it about the shoes, not about the relationship. It's right. making it about right. the shop, not about the relationship, right? So it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it, it's more about the power, shifting the power imbalance than it is about mm-hmm. the actual things. And, I love, love, love. Like it is, it, I don't even know how possible it is to be able to make both those shifts at the same time. The shift of, of stepping right, away right. power and then the shift in, well, what do we replace it with? How can I support mm-hmm. them? Like those are two unique steps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that just, and, and it, uh-huh. brilliantly. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it was. Yeah, that was so when I found that, I just thought, yeah, that was really interesting. I thought it would be interesting to share because, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And I, I like, right? How could you? But how, until you stop the control piece or you know the fighting piece, you, you can't see the next step. You have to do the first thing. So you really, um, yeah, you have to do it. Like that's when we talk about unschooling too. Like how it can feel so much of a leap, right? At first, like a leap mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. unknown. But you can, and you can understand it intellectually, but until you actually take the lead, like, and start, you really can't see what the next, next step is. Like, you right. have right. to, you have to do it. You have to be in it. You have to be paying attention. That's why we're just always encouraging people to, to keep going, right? And to keep thinking and to right. keep observing and, and paying right. attention right. and trying to be the best teammate that we can Mm -hmm. with our kids, right? Because if you do that first step and think you're kind of done, you can get stuck at that first step for a long time, which is much more chaotic because we're not really being helpful. We're just stepping away from being involved. And then they're very much left on their own to try. And and I can see how if, yeah. Yeah. And if you tried that and didn't ever take that next step, you might think it doesn't work. It's crazy. You know, it's, um, it would be what we first imagined unschooling to be. Oh, that's us. Right. Right. But it takes time to kind of to to grow into those different levels of sort of understanding your child. And, and, you know, all along, like you said, the observation piece is huge watching them and seeing what's working and what isn't working. And that's, you know, if you're doing that, then I think you're going to keep moving in the right direction toward, the goal that you have, which is if you're looking at unschooling, probably, you know, peace in your home and learning, you know, sort of joyful learning. And that's where you're heading. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was gradual. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was one other piece that I wanted to touch on with that. Um, when our kids are a little bit older, when when we start to make that shift, it can sometimes uh, feel frustrating for ourselves and we can, you know, regret not having figured it out sooner, discovered it sooner. You know, my, my oldest was, you know, 10, pretty much he turned 10 just after he uh, okay. left school. Right. So I definitely experienced those feelings of, of regret as well. 
Um, so I would be curious if, if you experienced them and if you did, how you kind of worked through that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely experienced that. That might have been, you know, sort of once I let go of the control piece of, of their learning and our relationships, that was probably the, the biggest thing for me that, that kept me from getting in the groove was really, I could see what I didn't want. And I could see how I had created all these situations that were not how I now wanted to be. And so it was very frustrating to have, have changed my goals sort of, and to not have it all just magically yeah. go where I wanted to be. And, and there was a lot of regret for me in, in some of those times. And, and, um, and sort of a feeling that it, you know, it wasn't fair. I, I didn't, you know, I, I was having to feel like I was having to work so much harder than, you know, other unschooling parents I would hear or read things they said. I'm like, well, if you've been doing it all along, it's so much easier. And then, you know, and it, and, and so it, it, um, I, I think I, I just, well, one thing that really helped me start to let go of that was actually something my husband said to me. Um, and I was sort of the person who did more of the reading and sort of moving toward unschooling, but he was always supportive. And, and um, he, um, I, this one day, I don't know how far into it we were, but I was expressing to him I had messed up that day. And I had, you know, I yelled at somebody or I did something I didn't want to do. And I was so frustrated because I knew it was, you know, these habits I'd been building. And, and, and I was I had these ideals and I was falling short and I was so upset and knew that, you know, so much of it was based on what I had used to do and I didn't want to do anymore going on and on. And he kind of said, well, you're, look at what you're doing. You're learning, you're learning as you're doing this. And so just like how you would accept that as the kids are learning something, it's not going to be neat and tidy and, and, perfect. It's going to be messy and there's going to be mistakes. And that's how learning really works. You're, you're seeing it firsthand as you're learning, re, you know, learning how people learn and how relationships work. And so I was like, wow, that's actually such a great insight um, into how, you know, how this process is working. And I thought that I can kind of be gentle with myself because I am learning just like they're learning about whatever it is that's catching their interest. I'm learning about a bunch of different things through this process and um, that's how it works. There are mistakes and, and, um, and there are things that happen back when you didn't know better or different and, and you can't change that. And so I, I, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of something that helped me. And then I would just try to think, well, what are my options right now? You know, what, I can't go back, you know, I can't, um, I can't get those years back where I didn't do what I wish I was doing now. So, okay, I can't, all I can do is better. You know, all I can do is better now, better than I did then. And, um, tried to just really bring it to now as much as I could. Um, so that's kind of how I worked through it. And then, you know, there's still times where I think, what was I thinking? You know, but, but it's, it's all part of my process. And, um, and I think the kids, kids are really, forgiving and it's not to say you do whatever you want and kids you know it doesn't matter but um but my kids especially Rosa being a little old she was seven and Mm -hmm. sort of an old soul so she definitely knows that things changed you know over the past Mm -hmm. few years and so um you know I have apologized when I make a mistake or even about you know I'm sorry that 
I used to fight you about so many things, you know? And, um, and I think that as, um, as I improved, it wasn't just words either because she's been able to see me making changes and making those improvements. And, and so she recognizes that and she, you know, she seeing how they're able to forgive me and, um, you know, see my growth. I think that's a great thing. Um, you know, because that shows how change and transformation can happen. And, um, so I think that's powerful in its own way. And so she has, Rosa has her unique perspective as someone who's been to school and had sort of a change, um, partway through her life. And Evelyn's perspective is a little different and Marcus will be even different, you know? And so, but, you know, each, each time that I'm, that I'm getting better at, 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 at building the relationships, you know, I think that, that, that they recognize that to some extent and that has helped me be less regretful too, you know, um, sort of recognizing how it helps them see change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that piece about um, our expectations of us. And, you know, we talked before about um, learning so much from our kids by watching our kids, right? I mean, it, that helped me work through, you know, putting the expectations on myself, you know, that I should do this perfectly now, now that I know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. it really, I love the word practice, unschooling as a practice, because mm-hmm. we're going to continue. We, we mm-hmm. make mistakes or, you know, it's not even mistakes. It's like we do our best in that moment and then we learn from yeah. it because of what happens after, you know, did it work out? Um, you know, how might we tweak it? Like for me, it's all about mm-hmm. trying, doing something, doing the best that I can in that moment seeing what happens and then tweaking for the next mm-hmm. time a similar kind of moment arises. And I love the piece too about like how much for ourselves and for our kids that we can learn and change and become um, more the person we want to be at any age, right? They're seeing us learning new things and changing and you're right. Actions speak so much louder than words, right? Right. We don't need to be telling kids, oh, I'm going to parent different. Like they don't need to, to know verbally what's going on, but they can sense it. And it may come up and come think they may make a comment. Oh, you know, before you would have gotten mad about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, if, they, mm-hmm. if they're interested in making that observation, like sharing it verbally, then, then conversations come up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's one thing. Sometimes we can be tempted to, to tell our kids, okay, you know, no more rules <laughs> or things are changing now. I'm going to be so much nicer. You know, all those, just be that, mm-hmm. right? Because that is where you're actually going to show and develop trust. Trust isn't, you can trust me now. It's doing things that are trustworthy, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Being that person. And then mm-hmm. they know, they know for sure. Like you said, now she comes to you more often. She's very mm-hmm. happy to hear your thoughts. But with that shift of mm-hmm. power, she knows there aren't expectations with it anymore that she exactly. must do what you think might be the best thing. You know what I mean? Or do what you would do in that situation. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. It's lovely yeah. that she's gathering that information, but she knows it's still her choice mm-hmm. in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, that is definitely. So yeah, that that that's the piece that that helped me when I was moving through it too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all we're all learning, and we're all continuously learning, right? And they saw me change as I learned more. <laughs> like I remember going around to each mm-hmm. of them saying, "Hey, I just learned that you don't have to go to school." <laughs> I literally never heard of homeschooling before. So, you know, that was it. It's like, hey, I know something new now. Do you want to share? <laughs> so, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that, it's, it's all wow. part of it. And, uh-huh. you know, we are, we are, again, who we are in this moment because of those moments. So you really can't, you don't know what would change if you, right. you know, <laughs> very helpful. <laughs> right, right. So you mentioned your youngest and you mentioned how it will be different from his perspective too, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was born after your shift in parenting style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have cultivated this uh, more connected uh, relationship mm-hmm. with him from the beginning. So I'd love to hear a bit about what that experience has been like and maybe what differences you've seen. Sure. So, uh, I mean, it's really wonderful to have the experience of, you know, from all the way from, you know, before he was born, just really trusting him and watching him and learning from him. And, um, so neat to have that opportunity. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's, um, I think that I've been able to really just truly just take joy from him with him um, in a way that I couldn't before because I was always so worried about all the things. And, and so it's just really, really nice to just, just have the chance to just be with him, enjoy him and, um, and trust in him. And he's, you know, I I think about things that maybe would have worried me. So I mentioned that he's sort of uh, talking more and more right now, but he's, you know, if you look at child development, it's on the later side of average when he's saying more and more words. He didn't say a lot for a while. Um, and I can see how that could have really worried me. And I could have spent the past six months stressing out about that, you know, trusting, trying to take him to experts and try to figure out what the problem was. And there is no problem. You know, he's just on his own path. of And, and, and I think I would have missed the opportunity to see how he does communicate. And because I've really improved in my ability to um, sort of see all the things that the kids do as some sort of communication. You know, I don't just have to hear their words. I can watch their actions. And I've been practicing that with the girls and, you know, over the course of time. And so it's amazing. It's actually been so interesting to see the ways that he has found to communicate complex ideas to me without the words. And, but I can tell because I'm with him, I'm connected. I spend so much time with him, like, oh, Marcus says he wants to go back to Nana's house because, you know, he had fun playing with fire trucks there. Well, he can't say any of that, but, you know, but he's got his different ways, that his timing and his, his little, you know, actions, uh, signs, sort of his own version, and a few words, and he can get such ideas across. And I know that if I would have been, um, you know, looking at it from just comparing him to others or whatever, I would have missed where he really is and all the really cool thoughts he has. And, um, you know, so it's really neat to just be able to kind of watch him and not be stressed and, and just trusting him that he's, you know, I can see he's, he's so engaged with life and so happy. And so that's, 
that's the ticket. We're where we need to be. And, um, and another thing I noticed um, is like safety sort of. He's, he's very safety conscious as I have kind of like playgrounds or climbing things. Um, you know, I have tried to really be there to support him if he needs it, but not tell him no, you know, not say that's too big, that's too hard. And, and it's very different from how I was when my daughters were toddlers. And I, I, the way that he's developed his own sense of looking at something and deciding if it's a good idea or not, um, knowing that I'm there to keep him safe. And he, you know, from a very young age, he would reach his little hand out to me if it was something that wasn't so safe, you know, because he knew I was right there. And, 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 but he also knew I can't do that by myself. You know, and I couldn't believe how young he was when he started to develop that, when he had that trust piece of being able to look and make a decision, um, you know? And so he's very, he's very young still, but these are some things that I've already seen with him that are just so interesting from the perspective of, you know, being a good partner to him and, and, ways that he's developing his own little way of dealing with the world. And um, it's really magical. I don't know. I think it's really fun. And I, and I really am enjoying it. Um, yeah. And so. That, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love, how, again, like we were talking about observing, right? And just paying attention mm-hmm. to how you could see um, so much going on for him and how capable they are from like you learn even younger ages like mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. younger ages that he can mm-hmm. he knows you're there that trust is there like you know even mm-hmm. even seeing that in action is amazing and the reminder uh, that their timetable is theirs mm-hmm. right that it mm-hmm. that it really is mm-hmm. okay that it's theirs and I think you know if you know, especially you mentioned like he's so joyful and he's having so much fun. You know, if if there were things that we're concerned about and they seem to also be concerned or upset or frustrated, you know, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. then that mm-hmm. that's a, maybe a good clue exactly. to you know go looking mm-hmm. further. But you know, sure. they're happy in who they are and the things that they're doing. Right? It is like mm-hmm. it's not a concern to them. Right. Right. So that is a great clue that their timetable is just fine for them. Right. Mm -hmm. I just love Mm -hmm. that. It made me think, too, about later readers. My youngest was Mm -hmm. was a later reader, too. But it didn't hamper him in any way. Right. When you're Mm -hmm. paying attention, he just he brought in information in so many other ways. Like you said, Marcus communicated to you in so many other ways that the words were not a big deal and they're they're coming in their own timetable and now you're having lots of fun with that but yeah imagine if you spent months and months worrying and stressing mm-hmm. and then you wouldn't and been with him as much right right exactly I would have been missing those moments and I, la- I laughed because I thought if I had been doing that and you know had been stressing when he was not stressing yeah. then maybe I would be crediting an expert or a therapist or someone with his development when it would have just happened anyway, when he was ready. And, you know, right now he's, he is, he's adding those words, you know, it was like one day, a couple weeks. So he just started saying all the color names, you know, and it's like, he just decided he was ready to start saying them. And, um, 
you know, but if we had been trying to like coach and train and train and have somebody telling us he needs to know this right now, then maybe I would think they deserve the credit, you know, and, um, whereas this way I see that he, he's the one, he's the one who learned it and, um, when it was right for him. And so that's so, um, and, and like you said, it, it transfers to old, older experiences, younger experience, you know, learning to walk, learning to talk, learning to read all these things that they will do in their way. Um, and it doesn't just cause it's not the same schedule as someone else doesn't inherently mean that, you know, you have a problem on your hands. Well, and I love the way you said, like now all of a sudden he's saying so many words, right? Um, new words every day. Like, so it's not that I, you know, what the typical, um, path, like you said, he's learning it differently, right? Because he was bringing in those words and knowing what they were, you know, so that now all of a sudden when the speaking part comes, boom, it's an explosion because he was just learning things in a different order. And if we're expecting them on this typical order and we're not seeing it and like we're trying to get them back in that order that we expect, right? Then, oh, it's so not only you're not seeing what he's doing, right? So all that other way that he's communicating, you're not looking for that because you're so much looking for what you're expecting him to do at that age, right? So then it just, it looks even worse because then, you know, you, you miss out on the communication. He is trying to, oh, uh, that's just, just a brilliant mm-hmm. example. Thank you. <laughs> of really trusting them and, mm-hmm. and following, help being the partner and the facilitator on their path. It's just a great way to, to look at it. And it's just a great example of how that trust in ourselves, it's like, it's a different timetable, but, uh, and, and very likely a different process. So it's not so often, it's not that they're stalled. It's that they're doing things in a different unexpected order. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so the, the kind of the marker that we're looking for isn't there, mm-hmm. but there's all sorts of things going on under the surface that we can't see. And that's okay. And that's the trust piece, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I, I met a lot of parents who, you know, oh, my, you know, my kid was a late talker. He didn't talk. We, you know, and, and so it's not necessarily uncommon. It's just, you know, we sort of think it is. I don't know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. interesting and I mean, to wonder how many kids are taking different paths yeah. and not, you know, we're not seeing it necessarily because we're expecting them to be on the expected path. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah, no. And I think especially in the more, you know, unschooling-ish circles, when you bring something like that, there will be lots of other parents because they'll have noticed. They won't have seen it. They'll, oh, yeah, late readers are pretty common in schooling circles, right? Because we're not, you know, pressuring them to have a certain age that they need to read by. And, you know, you can understand why that's an expectation in school because that's how they need to communicate, right? Reading and writing is really the only way to communicate within that system. But here, there are so many other ways out in the world that you can share ideas, you can gather ideas, that you can keep the whole communication thing um, can very easily be done um, in their style and on their timetable. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think of Marcus too. You know, if he was in a little daycare or preschool and not with me a lot, he might need he might be struggling more if he didn't have the words. Um, you know, but because I'm right there and I can say this is what I can tell. This is what he wants. You know, I, I know his communication, you know, that support piece is there. And it's the same with it. Maybe a later reader. 
Um, if you've got a caring adult there supporting you, making sure you can access the information, it's okay. You know, it's a little different than, than if you're having to kind of fend for yourself. Um, so yeah, no, no, that's that's a great great point. point. Mm -hmm. So I would love to know what has surprised you most about your unschooling journey so far. What was unexpected? Um, I mean, I think I, I did go into it really expecting to develop our, you know, our relationships and their learning. And so that wasn't too surprising. I think what has really surprised me is my own development, my own trust in myself and my own growth and learning. And I didn't expect to be so transformed, you know, as, as my own self. Um, I went into it all thinking about the kids and trying to do what was best for the kids. And through doing that, I learned, you know, how to be more thoughtful and how to be more um, deliberate about the things that I choose. And that gave me a lot more confidence in what I do. And so I don't, um, you know, I don't flip flop around and try to make other people happy the way I maybe used to do. Um, I just do what is right for our family and don't really worry about the rest. And that's a big shift for me um, is to just, just really trust and have confidence in my own self and my ability to, to learn and to change and to be what my kids need too. You know, so there was a lot of personal growth and transformation that happened that I did not go into it expecting at all. I, I, I really, thought I was fine, you know, and, and it was in my own way, but, but the change has been really healing. Um, and just really learning that I, I've got this, you know, and I can make meaningful change through my actions, you know, and I, I even though it's hard, I can still do it. And, and it was, it was kind of shocking that, it, that, it, that, that I developed that sense and I w- wasn't looking for it. So that was really, really cool. <laughs> I love that piece and I that you weren't looking for it because I think that's it. You know, we, we, you know, we were already in a space where we felt, um, I don't know, like where we were able, felt able to make the unconventional choice to not send our kids to school. Like that feels like a strong choice, but holy bananas, the empowering <laughs> feelings that come from that whole transition, right? Like, it's amazing. And and it was completely unexpected for me. Like, you know, especially growing up, we're, we're an adult now. We're making choices. Boom. You know, we're, we're done, we think. <laughs> and well, I oh. think I expected yeah, that when I um, gave up sort of that control piece that I was going to lose power somehow or lose myself and it was the opposite really I gained my own true strength through giving up that battling um I really found my own self you know and 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 it had been hiding underneath all the the noise and chaos before and so it was there it just needed me to be ready so oh that's so beautiful I got goosebumps from that Oh, <laughs> lovely weekend. Thank you so much, Sarah, for taking Thank the time. You. Uh-huh. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. It was great to, great to chat. <laughs> and before we go, uh, where can people connect with you online? Um, I am, my, uh, my name is on Facebook. So if you're looking personally, there I am. And I also recently started a Facebook page. 
and a, a TikTok account. Both are called um, at Unschooling Looks Like. Um, and so it's really just sort of how things look in our house. So it's a lot of, um, you know, pictures and comments on sort of learning in my house. So in a lot of local groups lately, there's a lot of people more interested in homeschooling, some unschooling, and they're saying, what does it look like? You know, what do you do every day? And it can be hard to picture, I think. Uh, and there's a lot of writing about it, but I, I don't see as many pictures and little videos. So I thought I'd start kind of keeping track of things in that way. So there's that. So if you want to kind of watch us in action, um, unschooling looks like on Facebook and on TikTok, my oldest daughter got me going on that. If it sticks around, um, we're there. So, um, and then also, yeah, um, my personal Facebook name as well as there. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. That's awesome. That sounds like a great idea. I love that, that idea to see it in action because that is such a big question, right? What does it look like? What do you do? So being it's hard to picture and, and, um, you can read about it and that's one thing, but to sort of just every day sort of seeing, I mean, some of it's sort of boring, but at the same time, there's really interesting things going on. So I thought it would be cool to kind of share that with people who maybe haven't seen it. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I'll be sure to put links to that in the show notes. Thanks again, Sarah. Wonderful. Wonderful day. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. Same to you. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.